0: Out. If you need to kill a B, bee, on the MRC with the SS double double. Going down, down let me see if we all in together now. Make it move better now. Listen, I ain't sweating the woo competition. Oh, going back over my completion. Another up from the woo chang book. Take a look at repeat. Killer bees never sleep. Nah, stop. Put you on the chopping block. I know you're not. I'll do anything, I'm so into you. Right here, I'm weak downtown with the weird. Kaboom! Yes, stepped a little bit right quick yeah this your boy King known uncensored man and we are here to talk the mock draft the draft the NBA draft is set to uh, be on June 24th that's a Thursday I believe it'll be at 8 o'clock and let me tell you something man I'm excited I watched about 30 draft tapes, 30 40 draft tapes And I pick my 30 guys. And if I was the GM of all 30 of these teams or, you know, whoever's got a pick, because some of these cats got a couple of picks. This this is what I would do if these certain players were on the draft pool. So, let's get it started. I'm not here to take up all your time, just some of it. But number one, Orlando, I mean, I'm going to tell it to you like this, whoever has picks one through five, you can't lose with either guy, no matter who picks who in which order. Whoever picks the first five guys that I say, either one of these five teams pick any of these five players, they would instantly help each one of those teams. I guarantee you that barring injury of course but let's go to the number one overall pick now number one is very subjective orlando has so many options they could choose from and i say it's five of them that they could draft number one overall and they can come over there and have an immediate impact but if it was me i would pick chet homegrown center out of gonzaga my player comparison is christoph perzingis if he was competitive Because Chet Holmgren has a competitive drive about himself. He has the competitor's drive. Not to say that Kristaps Verzingis isn't competitive. I just don't think that Kristaps thinks that he's better than anybody. Chet thinks he's going to be the best player in the league when he gets there. Now, there are questions regarding Chet Holmgren's size. I mean, he's 7'3". Let me get the actual weight. I don't even think he's 200 pounds. I don't even think he's 200 pounds. He's 194 pounds. He's 7 feet tall. My bad. He's 7 feet tall and 194. But I believe that, um, that chat. He's going to get his weight up. I think he's going to get with the right trainer. I think he's going to get with the right chef. Because he got to be like 240. To, to deal with guys like Joker and Embiid. He's going to be playing these guys. A lot. But me personally. Chet Holmgren. Got game. His upsides is his shooting. He can shoot the ball really well for a big man and in this era of basketball that's needed he's got a little bit of a post game even though I don't know if he's gonna be backing down 200 pound players he's got mid-range he's got a three-point shot he can block shots like I said his only flaw really is this his size his weight he's gonna have to get stronger And he's very, you know, he has the same problem that every person that's seven feet tall. You know, he's not going to, you know, he's not going to be able to defend guards, but he does good enough for his height. He keeps in front of people good for his height. And as far as Orlando is concerned, he would help Orlando immensely. Because Mo Bamba and Mo Wagner Have not panned out well for them And for him to be Inserted in there You know Jalen Suggs and Cole Anthony Have a reliable pick and roll partner Who's dangerous on the pick and roll And the pick and pop And I definitely would believe that He would instantly be a starter Whether he is playing Four or five Because the projected lineup for me would be uh, Anthony, um, Jalen Suggs, Small Fort by committee, I mean, we don't even know who the true Small Fork of Orlando is, oh yeah, Mo- oh, yeah uh, Wagner, oh boy, what's his name, ah, Franz Wagner would be the three, Jonathan Isaac would be the four, if healthy, we don't know his health status, and then Chet Holgram would play the five. so i think this is an easy pickup for orlando Beats, holla at me. number two the oklahoma city thunder should choose paulo banchero power forward out of duke um paulo uh reminds me of a blake griffin He has a lot of Blake Griffin in his game. He's not as explosive as Blake Griffin, but he has Blake Griffin's handle. He has his post game. He has his passing ability. He also reminds me of Bam at a buyout because they're around the same size. And they're they're strong. Then when he's coming up the court, you know what else he reminds me of? He reminds me of Charles Barkley like um i would say phoenix suns charles barkley and then you know poolo his strengths is post game he is offensively creative in my personal opinion he has an offensive bag from the post he can score face up he can hit an occasional 3 he shot about 35% from 3 last season He was incredible at Duke. Duke had a decent run in the tournament. But however, his weaknesses is defensive consistency. Sometimes his effort is lackluster on the defensive end. He'll give his all on the offensive end, but defensively, he has trouble staying in front of certain people. And sometimes people can take advantage of him in the post despite his strength. But other than that, his playmaking ability is strong. His mid-range jumper's nice. His jumper out the post is nice. He can score in a whole lot of ways. And for a team like OKC that doesn't necessarily have a presence in the middle, I mean, Chet Holmgren would work for them as well if the uh, Orlando Magic decide to go with Paolo. But in my personal opinion, I truly think that Paolo uh, Banchero would help OKC right out the gate. He would help Giddy, SGA, Lou Dort, Pokashevsky. Now, low-key, Banchero would probably be playing small ball five because they don't have a center. And Chet Holmgren is off the board. And it would be a little bit too early for them to pick a guy like Jalen Duran and uh, Mark Williams. So Paolo would completely help this OKC team that is needed of a post presence and another guard to help Josh Giddy and SGA set plays. Because SGA doesn't have to handle the ball so much. Josh Giddy, the pressure's not all on him to just make plays. Josh Giddy can sit in the corner and hit open shots. That's if he decides to improve his jumper. But number three, the Houston Rockets will, should select Jabari Smith Jr. Now, What he reminds me of is a poor man's version of Kevin Durant, meaning that he may not have like the star power that Kevin Durant has or the potential superstar that Kevin Durant has, but he has, you know, he is a 6'10, 6'11 ball player that can handle the ball like a guard, just like KD. He has a hierarchy release, just like KD. And he's as athletic as Kevin Durant. So there's going to be a lot of Kevin Durant comparisons to this guy due to his height. Jabari Smith at Auburn was a beast. He's another one of those guys that, you know, he could just shoot it from anywhere on the court. He's an instant bucket. And he's athletic. You know, he could finish a lot better at the rim. Um, he needs to work on his handle a little bit But um once he gets that under control I think that uh, He'll be an all-star in this league for sure and then playing alongside Jalen green Kevin Porter jr Alperin Sengun, Christian Wood. He would instantly improve that team. Houston could be knocking on the door of the 10 seed, 11 seed. If Jabari Smith is anything like he was at Auburn. And his defense, I think he's more of an interior defender than a perimeter defender. But he, his uh, lateral movement could use a little bit of work. But he has the length to alter jump shots and he'll block a shot or two not necessarily like three four five six shots but more like block a shot for game you know but once he works on that I think that Jabari Smith would be the complete player for this Houston Rockets team That desperately needs a forward that can have potential of dominating the game because a lot of people I mean honestly Jabari Smith you know OKC he would help OKC as well you know what I'm saying and he could also be the number one overall pick I wouldn't be surprised about that that's how good that these experts are saying that he is and from what I've seen There's no... You know, it's a win-win. Whoever picks these first three gentlemen. Now, number four. The Sacramento Kings should select Keegan Murray out of Iowa, the power forward. And my player... Oh, yeah, my player comparison is Bob McAdoo with more athleticism with shades of Giannis on the fast break. Keegan Murray is actually pretty explosive. And I think he would instantly help a team like Sacramento that has 100,000 guards on it because I am sick and tired of the Sacramento Kings drafting guards. They draft more than one guard every fucking year. Like last draft, they drafted Tyrese Halliburton and Davion Mitchell when they already had De'Aaron Fox. It didn't make any fucking sense to do that. I just don't think that they need another guard. They need a forward. And he also, he is definitely, uh, he's giving me uh, Jabari Smith vibes as well. But I I, I say Bob McAdoo because, you know, he was a tall guy that can shoot the ball from anywhere on the court. And then when he's on the fast break, he's hard to stop, you know, he's he's kind of strong. And then also. Um, his weaknesses is, um, around the same as Jabari's, you know, lateral movement, perimeter defense is not his strong suit, and interior defense is, isn't his strong suit. This is another guy that is just an instant bucket, and he has to work on his defensive stance, and sometimes he is caught gambling on a lot of those, uh, passing lanes you know he's just got to be a little bit more poised as a defensive player once he works on that you know he'll be a more complete player but right now Sacramento Kings need scoring to help uh Sabonis and Fox because obviously they gambled by trading Tyrese Halliburton which was which at first I viewed as a decent trade but then I felt like, honestly, Sacramento should have traded Fox instead of Halliburton. Halliburton had more upside and potential, and De'Aaron Fox is as good as De'Aaron Fox is going to get. But however, a guy like Keegan Murray, you know, could be open a lot from the uh, passing of Sabonis, and maybe if he decides to pass the fucking ball, the passing of De'Aaron Fox, But Keegan Murray, he's like 6'10. Fast as fuck. Somewhat explosive. Has a jumper. He can shoot it from anywhere on the floor. Like, there's a lot of these fours out there that's shooting the lights out, especially in the early rounds. Number five, my Detroit Pistons should select Jaden Ivey, shooting guard from Purdue. He gives me Ja Morant vibes. Like, there's a video of him and Ja doing similar moves, meaning that Ivy probably studies Ja Morant. Probably looks up to Ja Morant. He's a very explosive guard. He could be a great combination guard to go alongside a guy like K. Cunningham who would rather have, handle the distribution. Now, now Ivy's weaknesses i mean ivy's got a jumper too but it's not like a consistent three-pointer but he can make the shot he focuses more on attacking the basket like a john moran he's very explosive and the fast break he can throw it down on anybody and it's a lot of those guards in this draft it's a lot of dunkers but ivy's weaknesses is he gambles too much in the passing lanes not necessarily like a super perimeter defender, but he's a help side defender. You know, he'll make, he'll block a shot or two, but he's not necessarily the best perimeter defender. He's pretty average. And then also, he turns over the ball a lot. He does have, he does turn over the ball a lot. And He makes a lot of crazy decisions. He takes a lot of risks But Isaiah Thomas said you got to take risks in this game if you're trying to win And what Detroit fans would love about him is he's very competitive And he actually wants to play for us from what I heard in the media I Mean you got to want somebody that wants you back And again, if Keegan Murray falls to Detroit, I wouldn't be mad if they picked him up. If Jabari Smith falls to us, I wouldn't be mad. Number six. The Indiana Pacers select Shaden Sharp. Um, He was supposed to go to Kentucky, but he did not play in college that could be a concern but this is still a kid with a lot of potential and a lot of upside who can jump out of the gym he gives me gerald green vibes even though J- uh, Gerald green had a better handle than Shaden sharp does he's got to work on that handle a little bit and defensively he is known to to get a lot of chase down blocks Because he foregoed his college collegiate eligibility. So a lot of these teams. You know, a lot of these teams are banking on potential. And Shaden Sharp would probably play the three for Indiana if T.J. Warren isn't back. More than likely, he's probably going to come off the bench for Indiana because Brogdon's coming back. Um, You got Buddy Heald. You got um, Halliburton. So I don't know what they will exactly run, but Shaden Sharp, this is Indiana's best available in my opinion. I mean, Shaden Sharp could jump out of the gym. But he's just got to work on his ball handling. He's got to be motivated on the defensive end. A lot of scouts say that he lacks um, motivation on the defensive end. Number seven. The Portland Trailblazers should select A.J. Griffin out of Duke. Now, he had suffered an injury uh, earlier in the season. So, some of his athleticism has to come back to him. But he has potential athleticism once he's fully healed. I mean, he's not injured now, but, you know, when you get hurt... to play a little bit more to get your bounce back, but A.J. Griffin is more of a spot-up shooter, and that's what Damian Lillard needs around him. You know, A.J. Griffin is the type of player that can average 18, 19 a game, just being a, a set shooter, and he's got a little bit of a handle, too, but that won't be his job description unless there's a matchup that he sees that he likes. Now AJ is not as explosive as some of the other uh forwards and guards are in this draft. But Griffin is a guy that can instantly help Portland. That can instantly help take some scoring pressure off of Dame. Because Dame lost a lot of players, you know, like CJ McCollum. You know, Nurkic is a free agent. You know, Portland is a team that is lacking some sort of direction. So AJ Griffin, probably along with um, Nasir Little, Anferty Simons, can score a lot of points together. But Portland need a whole lot more to help them, boy. I swear. Maybe they need to trade up. Maybe they need to do something in free agency. Get that man, and uh, Anthony Simon, some help. Help out by getting A.J. Griffin. Now, my player comparison to him was Mike Miller with jumping ability because A.J. Green still got a little bit left in the tank as far as jumping ability. Like Mike Miller, if he had hops because he's a spot up shooter like Mike and then he could get to his spots like Mike Miller and he would he's lethal off the screen his catch and shoot game is vicious and that would be a perfect player for Dame to pass to once he's double teamed now number 8 the New Orleans Pelicans should select Jeremy Sohan power forward out of Baylor um he reminds me of a taller version of Sean Marion because he's 6-9 and he could defend all five positions. He could defend point guard, shooting guard, small forward, power forward, center and you could play him. He's a low key a playmaker. He's one of those players that's a low key passer. the best ball handler, but definitely a playmaker out of the post, even though he has to work on his offense, you know, he's an okay three-point shooter, he didn't shoot it that well in college at Baylor, but he has a motor, he's like a hustle player, and that's somebody that New Orleans needs, just in case Zion Williamson isn't 100%, he could easily insert himself in play and start at power forward alongside Jonas Valiant Brandon Ingram, CJ McCollum, and Herb Jones. Like, can you imagine Sohan and Herb Jones? I'm just envisioning this shit now. And I'm just like, whoa, New Orleans Pelicans would be a top 10 defense next year. If they added Jeremy Sohan, that's how sold I am on this kid defensively. Now, again, his weaknesses is his jump shot. But in the open floor, he is a fucking problem. He's explosive, he's competitive. He doesn't have that ugly ass jump shot like uh, Sean Marion has, but he needs to work on that three-point shot. He has all the other tools on the defensive end. He's a defensive stopper, interior and perimeter. Number 10. San Antonio Spurs should select Johnny Davis Jr. Shooting guard and small forward out of Wisconsin. Now I don't know how he would roll into the rotation. I would think that he would he should start because they did trade Derek White. And um Devin Vassell, I don't think he's ready. Keldon Johnson can play to four. So that shooting guard position next to DeJounte Murray is wide open. And a kid like Johnny Davis Jr., he averaged 20 points in college. And didn't shoot it particularly well from three. So he's a volume scorer from the mid-range. He finishes well at the rim. He's super athletic. And he's one of the best and he's arguably the best perimeter defender in the draft. Um, my player comparison is Dante Jones, if he was clean. I don't know if y'all are familiar with Dante Jones, but Dante Jones is one of the most dirtiest players in NBA history. Dante Jones had bounce, and he would defend the other player's best player. That's why he started so much in his league, and I think that Johnny Davis could be this guy for San Antonio to take some pressure off of DeJounte Murray, and he could also score. Now, he just got to get that three-point percentage better. Number 10, the Washington Wizards should select Dyson, Jan- Dyson Daniels, point guard from the G League. It's a lot of G League players coming out. And Dyson Daniels, from what I've seen, that dude got some, that's another guy that's a, a pit bull at the perimeter. Now, Dyson Daniels is a lot like Johnny, Johnny Davis Jr. He's got to work on that jump shot. He's got to be a little bit more consistent with that jumper. But he's a very explosive point guard. And this is what Washington needs. You know, they just traded Spencer Dinwiddie away. Dyson Daniels could come in and and take some ball handling uh, away from Bradley Beal when he could just float around and play off-ball and Daniels could find him. could could find uh, Daniel Gafford for some lobs Um, I think he would um, help Washington a lot now and Perzingis too, can't forget about him Perzingis being a big pickup, he needs a a guard that can help him get open jump shots and Dyson Daniels is that guy and my player uh, comparison is he reminds me of Oklahoma City's guard, Josh Giddy with better defense and more athleticism. Like Josh Giddy, if he had Vince Gar- Carter hops. And yes, I watched all these players to come up with this. Okay, number 11. The New York Knicks select Benedict Matherin, shooting guard from Arizona. Now, he gets a lot of comparisons to KCP and Jimmy Butler. And, you know, Tom Thibodeau, you know, he has this stupid thing where he doesn't play younger players. Benedict Matherin is ready. And I think, to be honest, this may be a reach. Y'all might come after me for saying this, but I think he's better than Evan Fournier right now. He's really that good. Honestly, I think that I wouldn't be surprised if Benedict Matherin gets snatched up earlier in the draft. You know, technically, he has top 10 talent. He's explosive. He attacks the basket. Um, And he can shoot that three really well. He can shoot the blood out that bitch. Now, his issue is defensive awareness, and I do believe that Tom Thibodeau, can help this kid out. Now, I don't know if he's going to start for the New York Knicks, though. He could. I mean, he could push. He could play point. I truly believe that he could play that point guard position next to R.J. Barrett. And maybe Fournier could start. Maybe Matherin doesn't have to take his spot. But at Arizona, he was known as a fierce competitor. But his defensive awareness needs a little bit of work because he gets... You know, he doesn't have much defensive awareness. You know, he's more of an interior defender than a perimeter defender. And he definitely needs to work on staying in front of his man and not being lost in screens. And Mathurin's also pretty clutch. And you know what I compare him to? My player comparison is Victor Oladipo. Because when Oladipo... The difference is, though, Matherin has a way better jump shot than Ola Oladipo had when he was coming out of college. He was as athletic as Oladipo was, and he's got that competitive fire like Ola Oladipo does. Number 12, the Oklahoma City Thunder is back on the board again, y'all, and who they should select... Remember when we were talking about Oklahoma City does not have a center that's worthy? How about this? Oklahoma City Thunder should select Jalen Durin out of Memphis. I think this was this is the best center in this draft. You know, he had he reminds me of Dwight Howard with a mid-range jumper. Like he's aggressive. He's seven feet tall, 6'11, 7 feet. He's very athletic. He can throw it down. He finishes well at the rim. Like Jalen Duran, when I saw a tape of him, I was like, damn, I wish the Pistons had a player like that. But you know, like I know. Um You know, 63% from the free-throw line, that's not bad for a center. You know, he's not necessarily a big liability at the line. But his flaw, his only real flaw is he gets a little too aggressive. And he does get into foul trouble. Which is pretty much the weakness of all these big men in this draft. And then he has like a little uh, jumper he's working on. So Oklahoma City... Would dra- so the lineup would be, um, Giddy, Gilgis Alexander. Um, you know if Oklahoma City is smart enough to pull this off, right? Um, Lou Dort, uh, Paolo Banchero, and Jalen Duran. See now you have a front court of the future to go with Josh Giddy and Shea Gilgis Alexander. Last year, OKC was given a lot of teams a run for their money, but they didn't have anybody there to protect the rim. So in Jalen Duren, they get that. Now, number 13, the Charlotte Hornets select Mark Williams out of Duke, who is a center. Charlotte selected Kai Jones last year and did not play him. And Montrez is not known as a shot blocker. Mark Williams was one of the best shot blockers in the country. Now he definitely needs to work on his post moves a little bit. Like his back to the basket, his turnaround 15 footer. But Mark Williams is gonna be known as a lob threat. And he would be an easy target for LaMelo ball to throw to. And my player comparison is a more athletic in-shape Roy Hibbert. He def- he's the height of Roy Hibbert. He's tall as shit. They say he's seven feet tall without shoes. So with shoes on, he could be seven one or seven two, depending on which pair of shoes he got on. But Mark Williams is an assassin with the shot blocking. Nobody will go to the rim on Charlotte as long as he's in the game. And if they keep Trez, you know, he would easily start on this Hornets team. If he is a backup, I don't see him being a backup for long. He's vicious off the pick and roll and a great lob threat. To go with LaMelo, here, Hayward, Miles Bridges, if he comes back. Because, you know, he's a free agent now. We don't know if he's going to come back. So, Charlotte has a lot of decisions. But, drafting Mark Williams out of Duke is, should be number one priority. Now, the Cleveland Cavaliers at number 14. Oh, boy, this name. Oh, man, I was trying to pronounce this motherfucker all night. I hope I pronounced it right. Um, Chai. Agbaji, Ag- Ag- shooting guard from Kansas. Um, I think wasn't a uh, man. Ochoa, this dude can shoot the ball. These are the national champs. Like he had, from what I heard. A great performance. Like, you know, the reason why he would fall to fourteen right now is just because there's a lot of uh, larger hype on those players. And there's a, and the shooting guard class is very, very deep. That's the reason why Ochoa fell this this far. Now, however, there's a lot of shooting guards on the Cavs. And small Fords. So he would have to be like a six-man kind of guy. Because um Cleveland's got a decision to make. Are they gonna keep Colin Sexton and Karis Levert? But to me, and then Okoro, like is he gonna start or he's gonna come off the bench with O Och- Chai? Man, I really cannot pronounce this boy's name, man This is embarrassing I worked on this all night And I get live and I fail miserably But he is a volume three-point shooter He's a catch-and-shoot guy Catch off the screens and and pull up His weakness is ball handling He's a decent perimeter defender But his ball handling and shot creation Could use a lot of work But I don't think that would be his job in Cleveland. His job in Cleveland would be to neutralize a Colin Sexton, a Darius Garland. Like, he would help them immensely with the bench scoring. Because the Cleveland Cavaliers didn't have much of that outside of Kevin Love and Karis LeVert. And this is a guy that could get hot from the field. and and make, like, six threes in a row if given the opportunity. And Cleveland didn't have a guy like that in the play-in. My player comparison is Trevor Ariza because he's a good perimeter defender like Trevor Ariza. He plays defense. Defense is not a weakness for Ochai. And he hits a lot of corner three-pointers as well like Trevor Ariza. But he's just not as explosive going to the hole. And bigger guys could stop him. Number 15, the Charlotte Hornets are back on the board again. And they should select Usman Diang from New Zealand, small forward. Usman Dieng was playing in in a league, right? He had a shitty uh, shooting start, but in his last ten games, he shot the ball well, and he had improved his jumper throughout the season Which is one of his weaknesses. You know his jump shot is not consistent and if he worked on his jump shot I think he could be a great professional player. Now, his upside is his defense. He can jump with the best of them. He's very explosive on the fast break when it comes down to throwing down the ball. D'Ang is one of the best um, international prospects to me. My player comparison is AK-47. He plays just like Andre Karolinko did for the Utah Jazz. He was a guy that could play perimeter and interior defense. And Karolinko improved his shot. And he was known for his uh, dunking ability. And with questions on Miles Bridges, whether he's coming back, Whether the Charlotte Hornets are going to trade Gordon Hayward, Usman Diang would be a welcomed addition to the Charlotte Hornets who definitely need some defense on the perimeter, which they haven't had. They don't have a guy, they don't have a defensive stopper who can hurt other teams interior or perimeter. So this dude would round it off. All right, let's move on. Number 16, Atlanta should select Tari Eason, power forward out of LSU. This dude has a motor. This dude has great athleticism and decent scoring ability. Um, He didn't even start for LSU. He came off the bench and was putting up big numbers. Tari Eason is also a lob threat. Averaged 17 points. He shot the ball pretty well from three. He shot 36% from three. Average six rebounds. And then he plays defense. He's 6'9". This is another guy that Atlanta can use to go alongside uh, uh, Jalen Johnson. Jalen Johnson could default to either power forward or small forward. And they can help Atlanta. Def- you know, Eason can help Atlanta defensively. Can you imagine a death lineup of DeLon Wright, um, DeAndre Hunter, Jalen Johnson, Tari Eason, and Clint Capella? Yeah. Now, Eason probably wouldn't start unless they traded John Collins. Because he's been the subject of a lot of trade rumors as of the last five or six months. But a deal just couldn't get done. But my player comparison to him is Kenyon Martin with perimeter defense and handle and a better shot. Now his weakness is his ball handling. You know, he can't, well, I'm not going to say ball handling. I'm going to say shot creation. You know, he's not necessarily good off the dribble. He's more of a catch and shoot guy. Eason has a lot of upside, and he could be a lot better than the number 16 overall pick. This dude has six man of the year potential. Don't be surprised if, as a rookie, he would be in the six-man of the year conversation if he got some clock, because he should easily be able to make the Atlanta Hawks team with his hustle. You know, like I said, imagine Kenyon Martin shooting thirty-six percent from three. You got that, Antari Eason. He's got top-ten talent, but with so much talent coming out of this draft. Yeah, it's like that. Number 17, the Houston Rockets are back on the board, y'all. Now to go along with Jabari Smith, the Houston Rockets should select Malachi Branham from Ohio State. Now, my player comparison from him is weird because it was hard to find a comparison for this guy. He's got great ball handling skills at the wing. He's a bit undersized for a small forward. He's built like a guard. He's a small forward that plays like a guard. He reminds me of Dennis Schroeder as far as game, as far as his competitive competitive, uh, nature. And Malachi Branham has a jump shot. He is lethal in catch and shoot, and he can um, create his own shot. Now, a lot of people have him going a little bit higher than 17. A lot lot of uh, Cleveland Cavaliers fans think that um they should uh pick him now i wouldn't be surprised if he went 14 to the cast. now he plays the two and the three but shooting is his forte he shot 42 percent from three shot 50 percent from the field now his weakness is defense You know, a lot of the bigger guys that play small forward, the more athletic guys, they may bully him. He may get dunked on a couple of times, not going to lie. He provides effort on the defensive end, but he's not necessarily the best defensive player. And I compare him to Dennis Schroeder with a three-pointer. With a way better three-point shot. Number 18, the Chicago Bulls should 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 select EJ Liddell from Ohio State. Ohio State got a lot of players coming out this year. My goodness, EJ Liddell, I seen him play. I was like, oh my god, this dude jumps out the gym and his shot blocking ability is mean and vicious super mean he's also a good three-point shooter he's a catch-and-shoot guy And he improved his game. He shot 37% from three. Blocked almost three shots a game in college. One of the better shot blockers coming out of this draft. On the beat. And I think he would be perfect off the bench by playing like he would be he would be playing the five coming off the bench for Chicago. Because um, I assume that Patrick Williams is going to start next year at four alongside Lonzo. We don't know the status of Zach Levine, so I'm not going to necessarily put him in a, a lineup. He's not sounding too confident about coming back to Chicago, but EJ Liddell, his explosiveness w- was the uh, main thing. Now, EJ Liddell is not the best ball handler, and he turned over the ball a little bit too much trying to be a ball handler. When he's more of a lob threat. Now, he can work out the post pretty well. And I think that he should stick to, like, catching shoot situations. He's a super lob threat. The Bulls need somebody more explosive than a Tristan Thompson off the bench for them. So, I think EJ Liddell. Uh, My player comparison, a lot of y'all are going to say, man, you're being insulting to this kid. But no. He's Maurice Spates with hops, Golden State Maurice Spates. You remember Maurice Spates? He was the guy that was a catch and shoot guy. He did a lot of catch and shoot shots. He pulled up a lot too, but he's Maurice Spates if he had bounce and way better defense. Like, I'd be excited for Chicago. Chicago would be way better if they got him. Number 19, Minnesota Timberwolves should select Jalen Williams out of Santa Clara. Jalen Williams is a volume shooter. That's what he does. He's a good shot creator. He's got decent handles. He, All he do is shoot. But he got some defense. He's got better than projected defense. He doesn't have that many flaws. Maybe his effort is questioned. But Jalen Williams can shoot the three ball. You know what he reminds me of? My player comparison is Sadiq Bey. They may not have the uh, same jump shot, but they shoot it at a volume rate. And for him to be alongside Jaden McDaniels, possibly coming out off the bench, it would completely work out for Minnesota. I mean, Williams, this is another guy that maybe has top 15 talent, but as far as the team need, Minnesota needs scoring off the bench. And him and Jaden McDaniels, And Malik Beasley can round out that Minnesota bench. He could be a rotational guy that comes in and hits big shots for them because Jalen Williams is very, very confident with his jumper. Number 20, the San Antonio Spurs should select Nikola Jovic from Serbia, power forward. Now, not to be confused with Nikola Jokic. Nikola, from what I've seen, he's NBA ready. He could be another guy that turns out like a Jokic but he's got passing ability that is sick like this dude can throw he can thread that needle he can pass it between defenders he can pass it down the court and then also he can shoot contested shots with a hand in his face and san antonio need somebody like that on their team my thoughts are on that is I don't know whether he would start or come off the bench in my opinion he'd probably come off the bench more than likely or you know you can see Nikola Jovich in the G League maybe I wouldn't be surprised And my player comparison is Danilo Gallinari with Nikola Jokic's passing ability. Cuz he has some of the same moves as Gallo. He could dribble like Gallo. He has the same like jump shot like Gallo. His flaws are obviously on the defensive end. You know, bigger guys to uh, bully him and beat him you know he would be probably considered a defensive liability as far as the post defense and the perimeter defense that could be a major issue that's why I probably wouldn't start him I would have him come off the bench get some instant offense and his man be double teamed. that's how you work around that issue or you could just foul, fuck it But, yeah, I think, you know, with the history of Pop picking a lot of uh, international players, I think that this could be the steal that Pop gets from this group. Number 21, the Denver Nuggets select Jaden Hardy from the G League. The Denver Nuggets would get, I think, if you want me to be completely honest with y'all, if Jaden Hardy goes to Denver and cracks that starting lineup with a healthy Jamal Murray, a healthy Michael Porter Jr., Aaron Gordon, and Nikola Jokic, this could be a bolstered starting five. This could be one of the best starting fives in the league if Jaden Hardy is who I think he is. Because Jaden Hardy is better than Will Barton. I'm telling you that right now. I'm not saying that just to say that. Hardy Has had NBA potential For quite a while Like In the G League He was an offensive dynamo He's explosive in the open court And he can shoot that ball From anywhere He's a shot creator He can create his own shot And he's an underrated Passer But on Denver, he wouldn't be handling the ball. He'd be getting open. And he can shoot that ball. He can shoot it. Now, his flaws are on the defensive end. Like, he doesn't have much uh, defensive commitment. Then Hardy has the ability to turn over the ball sometimes. But, you know, he's only 19 years old. You know, young players tend to make a lot of mistakes early on in their career as far as with the turnovers. But my player comparison is Gilbert Arenas with better mid-range. Hardy's three-point shot could be a little bit more consistent. He does tend to shoot over a lot you know, he, he shoots contested shots a lot. You know, he likes to play Hero Ball sometimes. And I think alongside Michael Porter Jr, Jamal Murray, and Nikola Jokic, he would make Denver a defensive I mean not a, 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 a offensive powerhouse. Hardy gets down. I mean the reason why he fall so low is because of the shooting guard talent And the fact that he doesn't play defense very well. And number 22. Speaking of people who play defense well. Number 22. The Memphis Grizzlies should select Daylon Terry. Small forward from Arizona. Now this dude can play some defense. He would be a 3 and D player. who, Who hits a lot of open threes. Who would be perfect for uh Memphis? He would round out that Memphis bench. Like when John Morant, Desmond Bain, Dylan Brooks go to the bench. Dylan Terry can give the the Memphis Grizzlies volume minutes. And my player comparison is a poor man's Michael Bridges. You know, Michael Bridges was um a candidate for defensive player of the year, and I think Dalen Terry has that potential to be, you know, second team all defense. Now, he's a bit undersized, he's 6'7, but he's like 195. He got to get his weight up. But once he does, you know, Dalen Terry is a person who intercepts a lot of uh, passes as well as perimeter defense. But he would be perfect to fit around that Memphis core. Number 23, the Brooklyn Nets select, should select Patrick Baldwin Jr., power forward out of Milwaukee. Now, Baldwin Jr., Early on before the season was definitely a top five pick But Patrick Baldwin only ended up playing 11 games in college. He had ended up getting hurt I don't know the status of his health as of now, but there's a lot of potential in Patrick Baldwin He has decent athleticism But he's more of a shooter He could be what Joe Harris should have been to the Brooklyn Nets. He's a volume shooter. Now he has issues with creating his own shot. More than likely, he would be a catch and shoot guy like a Seth Curry if he was 6'10", 6'11". Patrick Baldwin Jr. could also work on his post game because he's a little bit too tall to not utilize his body in the post. Baldwin Jr. is more of an interior defender than a perimeter defender. You know, quicker guys could blow by him and score. That's one of the flaws with Baldwin Jr. And then, of course, health, which was one of the major reasons why he fell. But Brooklyn, that would be a welcome sight for them. They need a guy to go alongside Cam Thomas out there that can light it up. And my player comparison is Michael Porter Jr. with no handles. Number 24, the Milwaukee Bucks should select point guard Ty Ty Washington from Kentucky. Ty Ty Washington surprised me. You know, he's got a lethal mid-range jumper. His mid-range jumper is probably among one of the better mid-range jumpers coming out the draft, alongside uh, also uh, Jayden Hardy's mid-range jumper. And Ty Ty is a a true point guard. You know, he did suffer an injury in college, but um, I think he's 100% now. But Ty Ty Washington, um, his handle is, is great. He's a hell of a passer. Hell of a passer. He's like a true point guard. But his flaw is, you know, lack of athleticism, you know. he, he is, He's not that um, well-rounded out. He doesn't have an NBA body. You know, a lot of uh bigger dudes would block his shot if he just he tried to uh go to the basket. I'm trying to find his weight. Yeah, actually, I was wrong. Um, he just doesn't have like explosiveness. That's what I meant to say. He he weighs 197 pounds. That's not too bad for six three. What I've seen is, you know, Ty Ty Washington reminds me of Tyrese Maxey. He could be the Tyrese Maxey of this draft. He just gotta uh hit that three at a better rate. I mean, he shot 35%. That's still not bad. But Washington has to work on his explosiveness and his driving ability. But that mid-range is there. The point guard skills are there. And and Milwaukee could use that to take some pressure off of Drew. I can see Ty-Ty and um, Giannis. Um linking up for a lot of alley-oops. I can see it. Number 25. The San Antonio Spurs should select Mar Marjan Bochamp from the G League. Now... This could be a guy that might go back to the G League. I'm not going to lie. Now, San Antonio could use this guy, you know, for defensive purposes. But Marjan Beauchamp, he got some hops out of this world. He definitely got Shaden Sharp uh, hops. Now, his major issue um, is his jump shot. His jump shot's not consistent. He doesn't shoot the three ball well. He's pretty much what uh, NBA scouts call a raw product. But San Antonio needs a guy that's in the open court, you know, a lob threat, basically. Somebody that's like a dunker. San Antonio don't really have that on that team. But you know what he reminds me of? Gerald Wallace. When he was in Sacramento and when he was in um, Charlotte. He's got that bounce like Gerald Wallace. And that defense like Gerald Wallace. Gerald Wallace went on to improve his jump shot. Number 26. Dallas should select Walker Kessler. From Arburn. This dude was the bet is the best shot blocker in this class. He blocked four shots a game at Arburn. Him and Jabari Smith was a lethal front court. And you see why they went as far as they did in the tournament. Like Walker Kessler is a lob threat. He's seven feet tall. He got a he got the big man package pause like he got a back-to-the-basket game he can hit jump hooks he could dunk the ball and he's the most lethal shot blocker in this draft class and he can uh, on a switch he can stay in front of guards but here's the problem he gets into foul trouble and he doesn't have a jumper. Which is fine because that shouldn't be his fucking job anyway. Walker Kessler's job should be to remain in the middle. And Dallas needs a big man bag because Dwight Powell, I think they should cut him. And just have Walker Kessler and Boban Marjanovic and give Boban more time out there. Walker Kessler should be a number one priority for Dallas. I could imagine him and Luca off the pick and roll. That would be vicious. That Luca would have a guy who would whose main focus would be to protect the rim. Dallas was a lot was was allowing Golden State to attack the basket at will. Walker Kessler is the ideal pick for the Dallas Mavericks to get them to that next level. And my player comparison is the late, great Utah Jazz Center, Mark Eaton. That's who Walker Kessler reminds me of. That's his true potential. Number 27, the Miami Heat should select Terquavion Smith, point guard out of NC State. Terquavion Smith, he may be a point guard, but he's a shooting point guard. You know, he would play a lot of two, but he'd be perfect for Miami's offense because off the screen, he's lethal for shooting. And that's the type of player that Miami wants. And I think he'd be perfect off the bench to go with uh, Tyler Hero. Um, my major, my only major concern for him is his size. You know what I'm saying? Taquavion Smith isn't the best perimeter defender. You know, he'll get a lot of steals, and he's one of those types of players that's sneaky explosive. You know he's one of those guys that'll sneak up and dunk on you. And my player comparison, he's lethal off the dribble as well. My player comparison is Bones Highland. He could be the Bones Highland of the Miami Heat. Number 28, the Golden State Warriors should select Christian Braun, shooting guard out of Kansas. When I saw this dude play, I, I I'm gonna be I'm gonna keep it a buck with y'all. That dude has NBA talent. Man, this white boy got game. Like, he's explosive on the fast break. He'll try to dunk on anybody. He's great in the open court. He's great off the catch and shoot. He'll be coming off a lot of screens. He's perfect for Golden State. He's excellent for Golden State. And then also, defense. Defense perimeter and interior defense. Not many people got around this guy. I mean, he was on the team that won the national championship for a reason. Christian Braun he reminds me of quite a few players, Rex Chapman, y'all remember Rex Chapman from back in the day? The white boy who had a cannon for a three and could jump out the gym and he even gave Michael Jordan problems. That's how good Rex Chapman was and he also has the perimeter defense of Dan Marley. And then, last but not least, he reminds me of Grayson Allen. Now, Christian Braun's flaw is inability to play make, which it's not going to be his job. His his job is going to be to shoot the ball and play defense. He is a, the definition of a three and D player with explosiveness to attack the basket. Number 29. The Memphis Grizzlies should select Jake Laravia, power forward out of Wake Forest. Now, he can shoot the ball really well. That's about all he can do is shoot the ball. Now, he has he's a defensive liability. He has sneaky explosiveness. But I don't think he can finish over guys his size though. You know, his post defense is suspect, but he would be a guy that Memphis would play off the bench, who could just hit the three. My player comparison is Andrea Barniani. And last but not least, number 30, the OKC Thunder, back on the board, should select Kennedy Chandler, point guard out of Tennessee. Uh, my player comparison for him is somebody that's already on OKC named Terrence Mann. He's a uh, he's an undersized guard, but he can score. And he's a true point guard. He gets others involved. But his major issue that dropped him probably so far is that he's only six feet tall. But I've seen him at Tennessee. He's an ultra-competitive guy. And he really cares about the game. He really cares about basketball. But other than that, I've been going a long time. Thank you for checking out Keynote Uncensored. This is my mock draft for the 2022 NBA draft. And I'm going.